I don't need Lisa to write a good review. The food at the Gilded Truffle really, uh, what's a good word? Sucks! That's great! And the bread was really... Come on, help me out here. Ruff. Ruff? I don't know. You've been pitching that all night. Chewy? Chewy! That's inspired! Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Lines of My Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe, and with me today for the first time in three fucking months, the guy who everybody kept asking me if he was dead... <laughs> Oh, Jesus, Nick. <laughs> I shit you not. I had so many people. Did Nick die? So I just came up with a, a conspiracy theory that you're actually never real in the first place. How'd that go? Uh, it didn't get people to stop asking me if you died or not. Or if I fired you, uh, which I we can't do. Like, I'm not your boss. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's in charge here. Um. Thought Lyco was. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and until she gets out the words "you're fired," I think we're safe. Um, <laughs> oh, it's one of the greatest episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if we've ever used that for an intro, but I'm using Homer uh, doing food review with his dog as the <laughs> intro for this episode. Um, Have to. Now it's great that you bring up dogs. Uh, it also brought up my dog's name. It also did. So that's good. I, t- I did tell you. So I moved, obviously, across the Pacific Ocean to Hawaii. And my next door neighbor's dog looks exactly like your dog. Even like the, the same mannerisms and everything. Really? It's the spookiest shit. Same coloring, like same attitude. So I call Deer? Yeah. It looks kind of like a deer. And so I, I call it uh, Hawaii Chewy, and I'm sure it only confuses my neighbor, uh, who I do not speak to. <laughs> I just say hello. I look across the balcony of like my uh, of my like split fucking was it called condo? I guess uh, uh, a duplex is the word I'm looking for. And I'm like, hi, Hawaii Chewy, and like the <laughs> the lady waves to me. And I just go inside without acknowledging her. I'm like, I'm speaking to your dog, ma'am. Um. <laughs> So, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm speaking to whoever's in charge of the house. I'm, Sorry. I'm, ter- I'm a terrible neighbor, and I'm, I, I'm, but I'm sure everybody already knew that. Um, now, Nick, we do a thing on this show where we we talk about animals and war uh, after we talk about horribly traumatic stuff. And yeah. uh, I wrote the script about three months ago uh, to directly follow our uh, Khmer, yeah, the Khmer Rouge series. <laughs> um, and I like I. I accidentally gave everyone to include you a very Pol Pot Christmas and New Year's, uh, which I did not intend to do. Um, We've been doing this for almost... This will be three years, I think, next month. um, uh, Or the month after that, one or two. Uh, May or June, whatever. Uh, And never once do I... Have I ever done an episode or timed an episode where it like actually syncs up with the holiday... Or any day of importance. Um, And if I have ever done that, it was completely an accident, I assure you. Uh, I remember when we were starting, we were saying, oh, yeah, we should get a calendar and write down stuff. Yeah, that never worked out. That quickly went out the window. Yeah. We're like, (laughs) oh, we need to do, uh, you know. uh, We bought a fucking marker board. uh, Yeah, I still have it, and it's still blank. It's now followed me to two different houses, uh, and I've yet to use it. We wrote random shit on it. I think most of the time we just drew random things on it to try to get each other to laugh, which is the the, the kind of organizational skills I think people assume that we have. Um, 
For sure. And, you know, so I, I apologize. This is like the palate cleanser. I think some people were calling it. Maybe I called it that at one point. I don't remember. Uh, and I know people have been asking for one for a very long time. And the reason why I didn't do it, because while you were gone, I had probably like six different guests drop in. Um, all of them very cool. I'm, I'm glad they did that. But I felt like I owed you the palate cleanser more than anybody else. Um, because nobody else was trapped with me on a Skype call for, what, five hours talking about genocide yeah. um, other than Nate. Shout out to Nate. Um, <laughs> uh, at this point, this podcast has just made him dead inside if living in the UK hasn't killed him all the way. Um, so I was waiting for you to come back to the palate cleanser. So this is that palate cleanser episode. Uh, and the reason why I don't do more of these is one, there's a very finite amount of animals that are worth doing this much research on. Um, so I kind of have to spread them out. Uh, there's no better, right. but no better explanation. A time will come where we will run out of shit for these episodes, and I'll have to think of something else. So who knows? Maybe one day, like ten years from now, we'll be sitting here. All right, this is lions led by donkeys, and we are to talk about Tupperware containers. Yeah, uh, this is how this Tupperware container really kept this guy's wallet safe when he got wet that one time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank God that'll never happen. <laughs> Season 30, much like The Simpsons, we will eventually wear out our welcome. Um, and it'll probably take half as much time. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to spread these out. Also, I do have to go back over my notes from time to time from past episodes to make sure I don't cover the same animal twice. Um, I know we've joked about it, uh, but I do have legitimate memory problems. And also, this is like episode 150. Shit starts to blend together after a while. <laughs> did you still use your Navi to get home from work? Uh, yes, I did that for a very long time. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever learn Hawaiian roads. They're awful. Um, now, uh, most of our episodes are like dogs, cats. Um, I don't think we've... Uh, I think we did a, a donkey or a horse once or twice. Did a bear. Uh, we did do a bear. Uh, and people have never let me forget that I mispronounced his name terribly. It's Wojtek, not Wojtek. I apologize. I'm not fucking Polish. Leave me alone. Um, I should have known that. My bad. Yeah. Uh, that was your fault. And you know, like, I did actually watch some stupid YouTube video on that bear around the same time, and they mispronounced it the same way. So I don't feel so bad. Um, but... So this is going to be the first time I think we've ever talked about a bird. And not just any bird, a duck. Uh, oh, can I guess the time period? Shoot. World War One. No, you're one World War off. <laughs> so far, oh, there's only two of those. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so this is World War II um, and the Pacific Theater. Um, not the what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in November of 1943, the United States invaded the Japanese-held island of Tarawa. On that Ooh. on that fateful day, thousands of Marines would go to shore. Alongside them was one chain-smoking, beer-drinking duck, whose name I will talk about in a second. Um, and the reason why you know it was the Marines that fucking introduced him to those bad hundred percent. And that's like you know, say what you will about the Marines, and we say a lot. Uh, full disclosure um, every fucking animal that I think we've ever talked about as soon as they start hanging out around soldiers 
or Marines or, or seamen or airmen. I don't know if any airmen have ever adopted in any animals because, you know, it's just mean to shove like a dog onto a World War II airplane. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, they all immediately start feeding it booze and cigarettes. Well, okay, never mind. It wasn't the Air Force. I know the Army Air Force had dogs as like fucking pets. Like, like mascots, that was their though, plane right? Dog. Yeah, yeah, but they, but they put much. them on the plane. I would hope not. Yeah, that would just be mean. They weren't even pressurized. <laughs> All right, you ready to go up, Julie? <laughs> uh, and the reason why I didn't say the duck's name yet is because we do have to talk about it a little bit. It may or may not, depending on who you talk to, be an old-timey racial slur for Native Americans. Oh. Uh, it is World War II, and they are Marines. So... Yeah, to the surprise of nobody ever, a whole bunch of uh, Marines in the 1940s named a duck a racial slur. Um, (laughs) I, you know, this is hardly the first time this has happened. Like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, H.P. Lovecraft famously named his cat just the N-word. Yeah, this, this has happened a few times throughout history. I believe the full word was N-word cat was, was the cat's name. Yeah. Um, so to get to the bombas, I do have to say what the word is, and it's siwash. Um, the reason why I feel comfortable saying that a grand total of one time is that it's not technically a racial slur, but it can be. Kind of like Howley. Okay. Um, so a historian points out that this was a common Chinook term once upon a time that simply meant a native person. Um, Chinook was a very dominant language in the tribes of the Pacific Northwest, so it became common and used amongst various different tribes as their languages slowly bled together. However, the first translations of the word into French, the first white people to show up and not immediately murder them and actually attempt to communicate with them, meant savage. Obviously, savage was a common term for people of the First Nations that is now recognized to be racist as shit. Um, over time, the word changed from simply meaning any person of the First Nation to just savage, eventually being uh, turning into a racial slur when used incorrectly. And by incorrectly, I mean by white people. You can't say it. <laughs> so we be calling this duck another name. Yes. Um, now, there is some... There's currently a lot of arguments, uh, and especially in the Pacific Northwest, about there's a lot of memorials and rocks named using this term. Um, and they uh, are, are advocating to change those names. And a lot of those efforts are being supported by people of the First Nations. So as a white guy, I do not feel comfortable using that name any more than the one time I did to fully explain it. So instead, I will just call the duck Jack, which was actually another name given to him. So I don't want to sound like I'm just picking a random name. This isn't Duck Stolen Valor or whatever. Um, Jack. I thought honestly thought his name would be Jonathan. He looks like a Jonathan. Uh, actually, he? he doesn't look like a Jonathan or a Jack, and but we'll get to that point. Um, so Jack the Duck was won in a poker game or a raffle, depending on who you talk to, at a bar by a Marine Corporal Francis Fagan while he was on leave in New Zealand, um, which sounds like something that would happen, right? Like a soldier or a Marine or whoever getting fucking pissed drunk and winning a goddamn duck in a, in a card game. Uh, just from New Zealand all the way to the Pacific Islands. Okay. <laughs> so I looked over several different articles. Uh, you know, normally when we talk about um, 
you know, getting a, a a dog or a cat or whatever on a boat or on a base, they have to like sneak them in or whatever. I couldn't yeah. find any account of that. Um, he just brought him back to the barracks uh, and then uh, eventually made his way onto a ship where he was just accepted by uh, the commander um, uh, by the he bl- blended in so well. I, I assume because he had the same mental capacity as a Marine. That's what I'm <laughs> we love you guys, but we're going to fuck with you for about the next 10 minutes. Um, I don't actually, I don't know uh, if I fuck with Marines anymore through the script. I'll just assume it's a, it's always a maybe you're never safe. Uh, we're two soldiers running a podcast. The editor, also a soldier. Everyone else that's ever on <laughs> that's here, so true. Yeah. also soldiers. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a Marine on this fucking show. I've ha- Are you telling them to step their game up? I've had Navy veterans. I don't think I've ever had any in Air Force. Uh, yeah. Navy and Army. It's about all I got. Coast Guard. We got Coast Guard. That's close. That's small Navy. We're good. Um, it's small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Puddle Navy. Um. But the duck was accepted uh, by the 1st Battalion of the 10th Marines, Colonel Presley M. Rixley, a name that only exists in World War II. Uh, now, for reasons we'll talk about, this duck became a celebrity. So people got uh, interviewed about him. And in a, in a uh, Chicago Tribune article in 1944, Rixley said, quote, We value him too much to eat him. And besides, we have no orange slices to serve with him. I had no idea what that meant, but apparently duck la orange is a... Duck with orange slices is a common meal. Um, never fucking heard of it. I think. I think. It, neither, no, neither. Have I. You're a cook. <laughs> Peking duck. Uh, that sounds pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, honestly, duck is good. I don't think I've ever turned down duck because it didn't come with orange slices. But whatever. Um, Marines, being Marines, love to feed the duck beer, um, and he would also enjoy stealing cigarettes from people. Uh, he'd also steal beer, like if you were drinking a beer, uh, because it, you know people who aren't super familiar with like with old timey shit, you could be deployed to the Pacific Theater or Europe or wherever, and you could still get beer. Uh, doesn't happen anymore because the army's all ran by fucking Puritans. But um, it's probably know, not even good beer. I mean, at at if I was. Not saying I did drink in Afghanistan, but I did. You could read about it in my book. <laughs> Buy my book. Um, nice book. Or donate five dollars to the Patreon, and I'll send you a digital copy via your email. But uh, you know, like I would much rather just like crack uh, any shitty can of beer uh, than like smuggle vodka, like you know, crotch vodka, like I'm smuggling weed, like I'm in high school again. <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, they'd be drinking beer, but wouldn't offer Jack any beer. So the duck would just, like, dunk his entire fucking head into it, which I'm <laughs> going to assume did not discourage them from continue drinking the beer after a duck just teabagged oh, no. it. Um, but he would also eat cigarettes, lit or unlit. Fuck. <laughs> 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 I don't know about you. So, like, I never did this with cigarettes, but, like, back in high school. Uh, you used to eat them? No. Uh, I used to, like, uh, you know, used to smoke a lot of weed. Uh, and you know, when you'd get caught, you wouldn't want to get caught because you know, weed is such a big deal, even though it's totally legal in the state that it grew up in now. Uh, and there was a saying that you would Superman the joint, which was, I don't know why I got this name, which is like you got caught by a cop and it was lit and you're actively smoking it. So you immediately just swallow it while it's still lit. Um, and it sucks dick. It hurts so bad. Um, to Superman a joint. I don't know if that was a common saying anywhere other than Metro Detroit, Michigan. Or why it got that name. I highly doubt Superman <laughs> smokes weed. He'd be cooler if he did. <laughs> he would be. Yeah. 
So I, I can't imagine this did not hurt this duck pretty badly. Oh, actually. I imagine Superman probably would, actually. <laughs> Superman would probably inhale a duck before he did drugs. Um, now, this might... This is probably the weirdest part about all of this, because it's a duck who eats lit cigarettes, right? <laughs> Apparently, the duck did have specific taste in beer. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> He's like, quack, quack, translation. Only a good IPA, please. Um, but You have a sour back there? Maybe a, a hazy going on? I don't know. Nobody's friends with this duck anymore. Um, no, the beer had to be warm and from a bottle. He would not drink from cans or the tap. I mean... I like bottles too, to be honest. I do too, but like a good draft beer is like, you know, I, I forget what it's like because we've been locked inside for a year and beer and bars are closed, but you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, he had the same, this duck had the same basic food groups as any, any other 18 year old Marine in the barracks and also me. <laughs> I honestly figured you'd start making your own beer. I've made my own beer before. It was just um, like out of the toilet. No, that would just be like toilet wine. <laughs> uh, I've I've brewed my own beer before, and it did turn out really good. But the amount of effort that went into it was not worth the amount of beer that came out of it. Oh no, I'd rather buy it. Yeah, and I, I and I do. Um, though this is kind of weird because it's never explained how the fuck the next part. Because he's a mascot, he lives on the boat or whatever. Um, but he was packed aboard. A landing craft and was shipped ashore with Marines. They land on fucking Tarawa. What asshole did that? I don't know. And, <laughs> Who thought that was a good and idea? And Tarawa is known as being one of the most horrific battles the Marines would take part in all yeah, of World War awful. II. Put a duck in that motherfucker. Like, <laughs> put the duck in the boat. Fuck it. Maybe they're like, you know what? This is probably going to be an easy one. <laughs> easy I mean, landing. They did. They did think that, which is one of the problems. <laughs> Um, you know, so for people who are unaware, Tarawa was a terrible battle that cost the Marines over a thousand dead for an island that's about 11 miles in size. Um, and that's crazy to think about because that's an island even smaller than the one that I'm sitting on. And this island gets smaller and smaller by the day, I swear to God. Um, now, alongside the Marines, as I already pointed out, helpfully, uh, was Jack. Uh, Jack landed right alongside them by all accounts running waddling he's a duck he swaddles you think he was first wave i hope so like fighting <laughs> fighting to the head of the fucking pack or whatever yeah. uh it it like you know obviously these marines are coming ashore getting hit with machine gun rifle fire mortars artillery and duck jack the duck was diving into foxholes and like zigzagging with them and like i obviously i'm assuming that the japanese soldiers did not see him because he's a duck but I, will, I would like for them to be as confused as I am. They're like, is that a fucking duck? Don't shoot. Like, hey, stop shooting at the duck. Quit being an asshole. <laughs> like, treating him with some reverence. Show that duck some respect. Uh, I don't know. Like, I wonder, what would his purpose be? Oh, well, Just to be there? So, good news. Uh, he gets his combat action badge. Or, it's the Marine. So combat his car? A- yeah, his combat action ribbon. Sorry. Uh, Marines don't get badges. Um, so as Jack stormed the beaches, dodging bullets and shrapnel, he decided he would e- he would earn his moniker of being a Marine. So he found an enemy soldier, sprinted to engage them at close range combat, and won. What? Okay, so he's a duck. The enemy soldier was a chicken. <laughs> really? 
Yeah. Uh, he just picked a random chicken and attacked it, uh, which might actually count for a war crime because the chicken may have been a civilian. I don't know. I'm not sure <laughs> so how this true. works. Was the, was the, the chicken also start screaming bonsai and for the emperor or whatever? I assume you this think chicken. The Marines and Japanese just gathered around and said, whoa, 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 respect the 1v1. <laughs> Yeah, the breed's like, everybody back off. He can handle this. It just circles around him. They're circling like with a knife King fight. Arthur movie. <laughs> yeah, like how, for some reason, it's always the main characters and the main villain fighting, and there's nobody like, oh, let me go ahead and stab this guy from behind real quick. Yeah, it's like the the number one rule, like the number one rule of any like close quarters engagement is the one who wins is like whose friends show up first. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he, he didn't kill the chicken. He chased it off, uh, which brought great shame to the chicken's family uh and so would you be surprised you've been doing this show with me for a long time would you be surprised if i told you jack a duck was awarded an official citation for his actions i honestly wouldn't it's good because i have the full text right here (laughs) quote for courageous action and wounds received on tarawa the gilbert islands november 1943 with utter disregard for his own personal safety jack upon reaching the beach without hesitation engaged the enemy in fierce combat namely one rooster of japanese ancestry <laughs> and though wounded i don't think they could prove that i don't think they got hard evidence on this <laughs> they're just assuming they're doing the same thing i did and though wounded on the head by repeated pecks, he soon routed the opposition. He refused medical aid until all wounded members of his section had been taken care of. End quote. <laughs> I thought they'd make him like a cigarette bearer. I don't know. <laughs> Just running fucking he, I think bait he up could the only beach. carry a few rounds, so I don't think he's useful for as to carry ammo like the bear was. Oh, we're we gonna talk about. about another animal that carries ammo, but I from everything that I'm reading, it's just a random, I'm assuming, incredibly terrified duck running around a battlefield. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, so, the bloody Battle of Tarawa would not be the only time Jack would see combat. He was present what? also at the Battle of Saipan and Tinan. Um, oh, no, not Saipan. <laughs> he was, keeps finding himself in the worst fucking possible place. Didn't, wasn't that like one of the biggest uh, bonsai charges was in Saipan? I think it was the Saipan airfield, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, and so at Tinan, he also pinned out and captured an enemy duck, which was then eaten by Marines. <laughs> Huh. I wish I could say it was the first time I read about a POW being eaten by soldiers during World War II. Um I've talked about this before, but uh, uh, George H.W. Bush uh, was, sh- uh, you know, former head of the CIA, eventual president of the United States for a term, and uh, pilot during World War II, I believe, was shot down, uh, and him and his co-pilot, like his co-pilot parachuted out and was captured by the Japanese and then eaten uh, on an island uh, outside the home islands of Japan, and he was rescued. (laughs) So we were like one gust away, one gust of wind away from getting rid of the Bush family once and for all. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and the, the the Japanese also, I think, a couple Australian POWs, if I remember correctly. I don't think Bush would taste good. I don't think people would taste good? I don't know. That too. Obviously. Um, like, uh, people call it long pig because apparently it just kind of tastes like shitty pork. But I don't know. Uh, so oh, Maybe you just got a 
cook it low and slow maybe maybe a braise yeah this is normally when i say new patreon goal but i don't think i can get away with saying that in this situation (laughs) involves human trafficking um so this is around the time that the marines who uh you know been spending years with this duck fighting with this duck over multiple different war zones for some reason uh learn that i'm picturing this duck like a sledge from the pacific (laughs) like toward like he's just so grizzled and like fucking out of it Towards the end. He goes to Duck Community College. It just doesn't fit in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they found out that Jack was actually a girl because uh, Jack laid an egg. Um, <laughs> so Marines also failed them? Duck uh, Anatomy. No, for the first time ever and the only time ever, uh, Marines accepted a woman, I assume. Um, mm. uh, finally, uh, Miss Jack's war was over. She was sent back to the United States where she received a hero's welcome. This included two different radio broadcast interviews of a duck. <laughs> I, I assume it was very one-sided. Um, and also all of the beer she could drink. Uh, That's a good deal. One of her retirement gigs is being a Marine recruiter uh, and then retired to live with Fagan for quite some time before eventually going to the Chicago Zoo where she lived until 1954. Uh, where she finally died of liver problems, I assume from <laughs> all of the beer and cigarettes that she was eating. I imagine at the zoo they didn't know what to do. They're like, "Yeah, she won't drink water." <laughs> Keeps trying to invent a coffee company. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds like you know tragic or whatever. But um, for a war veteran duck with a drinking problem, uh, Jack had a hell of a lifespan. So according to a quick search. A normal duck's life is between five and ten years, though some can live up to twenty in captivity. Uh, and I assume that those twenty years in captivity were not spent drinking in bars full of marines like Jack. And Jack lived to be yeah. at least ten years old, though nobody's entirely sure how old she was. Uh, but lived a you know a, a long, healthy life, yeah, as healthy Definitely as the he first could. Duck. Oh yeah. I imagine those captive ducks haven't seen any of that combat. No, those captive ducks were not having duck flashbacks or whatever. Uh, and dealing with what I assume is a, is a chicken-based TBI from getting pecked on the head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, on to our next war hero. Uh, so, when I talk about a war horse, you're probably thinking like cavalry, right? What happened to the egg? I assume somebody ate it. It was on... It was, oh, okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> you were like, oh... It was, you know, unfertilized unless uh, Jack was getting dicked down on the side by another duck or a Marine. For the matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be an ugly baby. Uh, yeah, fucking would kill me. <laughs> Someone ex- give that fucking egg an exorcism. Um, So, you know, when you think war horse, you probably assume like. You know, World War One was the last time you'd see those, or you know, maybe yeah, Afghanistan in World in two thousand one. But you know, you you assume that there is you know a trooper carrying a sword or a spear or whatever uh, on on its back, something you know, triumphant. Um, this war horse is a little different. Um, uh, so this horse in this story named Achim Hai uh, or the Morning Flame was born in South Korea in 1948, or around there, at least, uh, and was owned by the family of a young boy who was recorded being named Kim Hook Moon. Uh, unfortunately for everybody involved for a few years uh, after that, a little event known as the Korean War happened, uh, plunging the entire area into chaos. 
Um, this is when a young Marine lieutenant, again, another Marine, uh, named Eric Peterson, a platoon commander of Marine of a Marine recoilless rifle platoon, had been given authorization and money by his commander to find a draft animal for his platoon. You know, like a, a pack animal, uh, because recoilless rifles are fucking heavy. Um, I thought you said giraffe. Yeah, find a find a giraffe animal. Uh, yeah, just a giraffe. You're never gonna believe it. We said this stupid fucking LT to go bite a giraffe and soul. Um, Wait until he comes back and fucking he has a giraffe. They had one just laying around in the zoo, dumb bastards. Um, now, in case anyone is curious, carrying a coilless rifle is kind of a huge pain in the ass. They're quite heavy, uh, and the U.S. military is rapidly right, learning. Look at- yeah, they're like. I think over 80 pounds or something like that. Um, I, every weapon system back then was fucking cumbersome for no reason. <laughs> yeah, we don't know why, but we attached another eight pounds of metal onto it. Um, Made of cast iron for no reason. <laughs> and, you know, it, Korea was one of those wars, like, you know, the Italian front of World War II, where you quickly found out that mechanization of your military only works so well if there's roads. Um, and you know, there's a lot of rugged mountainous terrain in South Korea. So they're like, ah, we need donkeys and shit because our Jeeps aren't working. Or in this case, a horse. Uh, and the U S military bought pretty much every draft animal. They get their fucking hands on. Um, and Lieutenant Peterson ran into the Kim, uh, the Kim family who was standing outside the Seoul racetrack and was trying to sell his family's horse to pay for a prosthetic leg for his sister. Because... (laughs) The world is a dark and grim place. And at the, at this point, um, it's worth pointing out that, I mean, obviously the Koreas are in the middle of a, of a war, but also South Korea is significantly less developed than North Korea. So, like, it was a rough time to be in South Korea. Uh, right. Uh, Kim was asking $50, uh, but when Peterson heard his... Sounds like a deal. It, the horse for 50 bucks is a sweet deal. Uh, I don't know what the... Uh, inflation rate is here but uh when peterson heard the boy's story he paid him all the money he had which is 250 dollars i would really like to oh, think good that, guy yeah i would really like to think that kim just grifted the shit out of the marines like fucking suckers <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a much happier story than thinking about his sister without a leg um oh absolutely yeah uh, the horse was renamed reckless uh because it sounded close to recoilless rifle <laughs> And that, uh, apparently the reckless rifles were what Marines called the weapons at the time, which is pretty rad, honestly. Um, I don't know why, but I like it. Um, she was trained. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know why you'd get reckless out of recoilless unless you're just trying to make it make more. Like, I, don't all, I also don't know why recoilless rifles are called recoilless rifles. They look like fucking rocket launchers. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Uh, but whatever. I'm sure someone will comment like, actually, I-, I know there's an actual reason. I don't care. It's less cool this way. Um, so uh, Reckless was trained in her new job by Gunnery Sergeant Joseph Lay- Latham, calling it hoof camp in- instead of boot camp. <sighs> Get it? I'm assuming that Gunnery Sergeant was very good at dad jokes. Um. Now, this training included how to get around barbed wire and run for a bunker if she heard someone shout out incoming, which is... Tr- you know how terrifying that would be if you were in a bunker and a fucking <laughs> horse, horse just comes barreling in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give him his own fucking bunker. I can I only imagine. be trampled. It's like, I had to run for bunkers a couple of times uh, in Afghanistan, mostly because they made us. Uh, like, if you're on, like, one of the big bases and the sirens go off, um, you have to 
run into the bunkers with the MPs will yell at you. Um, and I can only imagine because those things are packed. Like there's very little room for people. Just a horse just lowering its like lowering the boom and plowing through humanity, getting into this bunker. Just shoulder checking people. Uh, but she took to her uh, training pretty quickly and was reportedly pretty chill about everything. Um, the Marines loved her, and soon she was sleeping and eating with them. Her favorite foods being bacon and scrambled eggs, and yes, coffee, beer, and Coca Cola. <laughs> Cigarettes? Uh, I don't think so. Um, though at one point she did reportedly also eat her horse blanket uh, and thirty dollars uh, yes, worth. Yes, as of- one does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whom's amongst us? Am I right? Uh, and she also ate $30 worth of Latham's poker chips. <laughs> I'd be kind of pissed. Yeah, $30 is a lot of fucking money in the 50s, <laughs> man. I, mean, I might end up waiting on the back end. Remember, this entire horse is almost $50. Like, yeah, Latham's like, where's my fucking money? Where's my money? Reckless, just beating him in the legs. Now, uh, obviously, as a pack animal, carrying uh, replacement parts and ammunition for recoilless rifles... It was only a matter of time before Reckless saw combat. And her first time she was seeing combat, she was actually more terrified from her unit's recoilless rifles going off than anything else. But she didn't run. Uh, instead, while loaded down with hundreds of pounds of ammunition, uh, she jumped <laughs> straight up off the ground, which must have been very hard to do. Uh, like when the gun, when the recoilless rifle went off, she jumped straight up into the air, and then that was pretty much it. Um, I assume she went deaf afterwards. Like, just couldn't hear it anymore. Uh, During the battle, the Marines learned another thing about Reckless. She was really fucking smart. Um, I don't like horses. I don't know if you have any experience around horses. I fucking hate them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're giant assholes, and they're dumb as shit. I've been around the whole dressage thing. Horse dancing. Pretty much. It's kind of big in our culture. Dressages? Really? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> I should send you some fucking family videos. You should. Um, I assumed it was like, especially in like California, I assumed it was more rodeo type stuff, but like. Oh, absolutely. It's that. And then dressages, all the types of shit. Like you'll have the horse dancers come for the quinceaneras and shit. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, I've never seen that, but I think I've, I, I think I've heard of that before. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't fucking like horses. <laughs> Oh, so, neither do I. Uh, my, my Why are you dancing? Uh, yeah, stop dancing. Go somewhere else. Um, my uncle actually had his at uh, the tip of his ear bitten off by a horse. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I guess. I mean, it, also, my uncle's a dumb idiot, and we're all from the city, so we don't know how to act around <laughs> horses. Uh, he was wearing like a hat, like a straw hat, and get his, the tip of his his ear bitten off by a horse. Um, he was his food. So yeah, yeah, like <laughs> that's kind of uh, his fault. At the same time, like my dog likes eating food. If I put food on my head, my dog would not bite my head. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. I'm giving the horse a pass on this one. And I like Reckless, <laughs> yeah. so moving on. But Reckless is smart as fuck. Uh, now, Reckless's first job was delivering ammo to various frontline gun positions. And her handlers learned that they would only have to walk the horse up to the position one or two times. And then she would just memorize it, and she could be able to do it on her own without any Can you supervision the whatsoever. Going, Thank God. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to walk into fucking combat with this goddamn horse. <laughs> I mean, this horse is better at her job than most soldiers. I mean, of uh, how many soldiers have you supervised, or in a no situation would you ever leave them unsupervised? Oh, plenty. Exactly. This horse better than that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and like all they would have to do is like say it, like they would name a point, uh, and like, hey, this is point A or fucking whatever. And uh, they would then would later load a ton of ammo onto Reckless, but like point A, I assume Reckless would be like, finger guns <laughs> and then yeah. just like horse its ass off in that direction um so after that reckless would uh come into her own as a war horse her and her unit found itself stuck in the middle of the battle of pamujan vegas uh one of the bloodiest battles in all of western korea during the war when an entire division of chinese infantry launched a major attack across a few outposts uh and mostly in a, a way to better the position of North Korea during ongoing peace talks. Um, little known behind the scenes, look, I had an entire series on the Korean War done, scripted out, and cited when my laptop died and ate the entire thing. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep, yep. As uh, eight hours so of a podcast, you'll never get, at least until a while when researching that war no longer makes me angry. Um, I'm so ready for it. The Korean War is... Awesome. It's interesting to me. I, I even lost my notes in my outline. So like that makes going back even harder. Um but uh, I think I've heard of Vegas before. It is a pretty big battle. Uh yeah. and Reckless found herself being the main supply mechanism for her entire unit during the three day long battle. She worked the entire time without rest. At one point when her handlers attempted to pin her in so she couldn't run out anymore, she simply busted down the door. During the battle, Reckless... I've never had a soldier where I'd have to say, hey, stop. Stop working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I You're get that, like... a little too much. Reckless is an animal, but at the same time, like, the horse wanted to work, which is very weird. Um, yeah. Clearly not an E4. <laughs> no. So this horse just jumped E4 just to be safe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during the battle, Reckless made 51 trips, carrying ammo to the front line herself under withering machine gun and artillery fire. During the battle, she was wounded twice, one of them oh. costing her an eye. Oh. Did not slow down. She's like, no, that sucks. Can do without. Did, Got another one. You know one. what? I didn't even like that eye. <laughs> Couldn't even see that well out of it. <laughs> She's just like bloody as shit, staring down an entire division of Chinese infantry. Like, Got you just where I want you, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, yeah, I was in the fucking stand marsh. Is that the best you got? <laughs> the fucking drunk horse. She carried over 9,000 pounds of ammunition during the battle, and whenever she returned to position, the Marines would then cheer and give her pets and snacks in the middle of a firefight. <laughs> Yay, Is Reckless! Is that on Is that... I, I don't know. I've, I've never hung out with Marines do? enough to know. Uh, she never I feel like you'd chill stopped. with a dog. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I would if, if a horse showed up to give me ammo, I'd give that motherfucker anything I'd ever wanted. You want, you want my boots, Horace? <laughs> yeah, we're about the same size uh, Reckless never stopped at several points Marines uh, had to stop her and on her return trip loaded her down with wounded men to be carried back to the rear for treatment all without guidance and it should be t- uh, noted you know Reckless was going never- like fuck this guy is heavy <laughs> got this horse yeah this horse shows up missing an eye shot this shit like hey you want to carry this one back and Reckless is like yeah all right um, <laughs> and at no point was Reckless ever trained to carry people. Like Reckless has never ridden. Uh, cool so, with it? yeah, no, did not mind one bit. All right, this ammo feels weird on my back. <laughs> this ammo is warm. Um, yeah. 
Marines were shocked to see her still working and ignoring her natural instincts to run from the thousands of bullets flying all around her. One said, quote, I looked back at the eastern skyline through the smoke and swinging flare light and could hardly believe my eyes. Surely an angel must have been riding her. I imagine it's because it's probably deaf and missing an eye. <laughs> it's like a gust of shit. And even <laughs> Reckless like, took a look at the angels like, no, you walk behind me, motherfucker. I don't get rid of you. For her actions during the Battle of Pamujan Vegas, Reckless was officially promoted to corporal and awarded two Purple Hearts. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> After this, she became the first Marine warhorse ever to take part in an amphibious landing, landing at huh? Incheon. What? She was then given a battlefield promotion to sergeant by General Randolph Pate, the commanding general of the 1st Marine Division. Could you imagine that horse telling you to get on, like, get on a detail? The horse is like, hey, how about you stay in a fucking parade rest for me? Hey, how about you pick up my shit while I go? <laughs> After the war, Reckless has moved back to the Marines to Camp Pendleton with some difficulty due to the importation of animals from different countries. And I can say customs is a motherfucker when it comes to this, and I just moved to Hawaii. Um, she underwent blood tests, and uh, Marines are about ready to riot when they learn that she was positive for a disease known as Dor- Dorian? Doreen? I you were about to say dwarfism. <laughs> no, she, eh, normal size horse. Um, yeah, this is a sexually transmitted disease in horses. <laughs> um, and she would have to be sent back to Japan until the uh, infection was taken care of. It sounds like a Marine to me. Exactly. If there's one thing that Marines identify with, it's a wounded ass horse with an STD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thankfully, that didn't happen uh, due to. Um, uh, uh, General Pate's direct intervention. She was able to skip quarantine and come to the United States. They should have just put the old uh, fake glasses with the fake nose and the mustache on her. <laughs> this isn't the horse. The, the other horse only had one eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Reckless made it to the United States and attended her first Marine Corps birthday ball where she ate most of the cake and shit on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the, sh- the best fucking ball ever. <laughs> what she are you like, putting in the grog <laughs> just fucking vomiting cake and shit everywhere <laughs> she was again promoted to staff sergeant 1959 Jesus Christ this promotion was also given on order of the now marine commandant Rudolph Pate oh, points were low <laughs> that's the only excuse I could come up with and not only that, it was preceded by a 19-gun salute and a 1,700-man parade of Marines made up from her former unit when she got promoted. That's kind of badass. Just for a comparison, normally 19-gun salutes are reserved for the Vice President of the United States. Wow. <laughs> I, to be fair, I respect this horse significantly more than any Vice President of the United States. Absolutely. Or Presidents of the United States. Um, during the parade in her honor, she ate the special horse blanket that was covered in her awards and, <laughs> ate, and ate somebody else's hat as they walked by. <laughs> a book was written by a colonel during her wartime service who had taken notes, which must have been a very weird thing to do in the middle of a war about a horse. The book named Reckless Pride of the Marines came out in 1955. She was treated Kinda as a... I hope and Reckless wrote it. <laughs> Just... 
just hoof prints and plants being taken off pages. (laughs) She was treated as a VIP everywhere she went and did several public appearances. Um, But her time on the Ed Sullivan show had to be canceled due to an incoming typhoon. Um, After that, she became effectively retired, um, though she didn't become officially retired until 1960. During her, she had to get those 20 years in, you know. During her time in retirement at Camp Pendleton, she had four children, one of which was named after Chesty Polar, the only Marine ever allowed to ride reckless. That's Did kind he? of... It, it might be a bit of popular fiction, honestly. Um, that's what a lot of people say, is that Chesty Polar was the only Marine that reckless ever ri- allowed to ride her, but that seems some, some hero shit, in my opinion. Um, but maybe, who knows? But the, her, her, so one of her sons was named Chesty Puller. Gotcha. Though Reckless was no doubt a bad motherfucker, she wasn't exactly built for her job. She was a racehorse and was pretty small. And as she aged, she suffered from the ultimate veteran affliction, <laughs> arthritis in her knees and back. Not service related? Um, because of this, she eventually... <laughs> yeah, the VA said it's not service related. It's weird. The horse VA. <laughs> Uh, because of this, she eventually tripped and fell, injuring herself, and she died while uh, under anesthetic getting treatment. And she was about 20 years old at the time of her wow. death. In her honor, several monuments are built at Marine bases as well as in Korea. And she was awarded the highest medal an animal in the military can receive in the U.S. The Animals in War and Peace Medal of Bravery. One of her sons, named Fearless, remained in the Marines as a mascot. So, um... This episode has been pretty Marine-heavy, yeah. right? More Marine-heavy than usual. So we're going to close it with a soldier dog. I'm always um, down for a dog. Who, I like dogs. Honestly, is the best story in this whole thing. And obviously, I'm a dog person, and I was in the Army, like so I'm a little biased. The horse is pretty fucking good. So this is about Chips Solid the name. dog. Yeah. Uh, Chips the dog was born sometime around 1940 in New York and bought by the the Wren family. Chips was a husky collie shepherd mix and meant to be uh, just a family friendly dog. He wasn't going to be a working dog or a guard dog or anything. Uh, Just going to be a kid's dog. That was until U.S. entry into World War II. The U.S. created the Dogs for Defense program, where civilians could donate their dogs for use in the U.S. Canine Corps in the war. Which is, yeah, that sounds pretty bad. I would definitely not give my dog to the government. Uh, When the war was over, the government said they would simply ship them back to their families. Um, Now, through this program, um, over 40,000 dogs were donated to fight fascism. And uh, there's a reason why they needed so many. A lot of dogs simply weren't good enough. They couldn't be trained. They had, you know, they weren't healthy. Then they were sent back to their families. Of the forty thousand, only ten thousand made the cut. So I guess Chips went through selection I would like and graduated. To get through selection. Whatever. No, uh, Leica would not make it. What for? First of all, she's <laughs> almost ten years old, <laughs> it, and she's Absolute stubborn as shit. <laughs> she's not going to get trained for anything. Uh, now. The reason why Chips was apparently donated, according to the family's uh, son later, uh, years, years later, is that Chips had bit the garbage guy. Uh, So they're like, oh, (laughs) off to where you go, kid. Um, Which I guess is the dog version of having the choice between jail and the draft. Yeah. Um, Chips was given to his handler, a private named John Rowell, and sent to Morocco. 
there, Chips was used as a sentry dog. Um, apparently just sniffing and barking at a lot of stuff uh, at, at night. And he was apparently very good at his job, and he made everybody else look bad. Uh, other dogs were, like, compared to him, and uh, so Chips just kept getting promoted. And by promoted, in this sense, I mean, like, moved up the ladder to good assignments, I guess. Uh, one of those was he was used as a guard dog for the Casablanca conference where FDR and Winston Churchill met to, dis- oh, uh, wow. to discuss wartime strategy. Both men met the dog and loved him. And I'm a little sad that <laughs> Chips did not bite Winston Churchill. Just tear <laughs> that fat fuck up. <laughs> After this, Chips and Rowell were part of the aptly named, wait for it, Operation oh, Husky. Oh, wow. <laughs> The invasion of Sicily. Is that a promotion? I think I'd yeah, still the rather invasion be a of Sicily. I think yeah. I would much rather be in Morocco. Yeah. Um, now, during the invasion of Sicily, Chips and Rowell among oh, the God. first wave of soldiers to hit the beach. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what Chips's job was. He was never trained as an attack dog from anything that I've ever seen. Um, he was mostly and almost entirely used as a sentry. Not something you needed the first wave, but. It's not the dumbest decision we made during the invasion of Italy, so whatever. Um, But yeah, they were part of the first wave of soldiers that hit the beach and found themselves immediately pinned down by German and Italian machine gun fire. Now, these soldiers trapped down on the beach returned fire, but could not get a good angle on these bunkers, uh, so they had no way out. That is when Chips decided to take shit into his own paws. (laughs) I'm not proud of that pun. Um... And I also had a pun earlier, uh, a pun earlier about uh, Jack the duck. I was going to say we we're going to talk about an animal of a different <laughs> feather, and then, and then I didn't. <laughs> uh, but Chips broke free from uh, Rowell's hands uh, and sprinted directly at the bunker. He leapt through the gun port next to the machine gun and began attacking everyone inside, tearing Nazis apart. He then grabbed the machine gun in his mouth and pulled the entire assembly down from the uh, the mount so it couldn't be used. That's fucking terrifying. Before grabbing a Nazi <laughs> by his throat and dragging him kicking and screaming out of the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> in the it's middle of all job. of this, soldiers finally got up and advanced and secured the bunker, being outdone by a single underweight husky. Jesus. That this this dog took a machine gun nest by itself. People have got the Medal of Honor for significantly less than that. Chips' only wounds during his assault off. on the bunker were burns from biting a red-hot machine gun barrel. But that did not slow him down. <laughs> yeah, he's like, now you've got me I get really pissed angry. off when that happens. Like, if you fucking bite down on, like, some, I don't know, some soup. Not that you'd bite down on soup. It's like too hot and it just fucks your mouth up. Yeah, chew that soup up. Um, actually, I ate some very fucking spicy pretzels the other day. Um, and I'm a baby back bitch. So you don't do well with spice. No, I don't. It burnt the shit out of like my gums and it's still like it hurts <laughs> to eat right now. So what I'm saying is me and Chip's struggles are exactly the same. The pretzel had salt on it. <laughs> too spicy for my ass. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, Chips wasn't done, though. Um, he didn't even get treatment because I assume the medic didn't know what the fuck to do with mouth burns for a dog. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know, eat some ice chips. Uh, 
but uh, he wasn't doing he wasn't done um, doing war better than all of the humans around him. Later that same day, he once again ran away from his handler, who I'm starting to assume is bad at his job. Um, Maybe he's just used to staying in one spot as a sentry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's like, um, <laughs> Chips, I need you to bite me so I can go hang out on rear D. Um, Chips kamikaze dove into a trench line and quartered 10 Italian soldiers who surrendered to the dog. Who has the heart to take out a dog, though? I mean, they are Italian soldiers during World War II, so maybe they're hoping to just join the dog side. (laughs) Like, I don't know what side you're on, but we're here for it. We're we're here for it. Um, Now, for his actions, Chips, that is, not the Italians, and uh, for making his human handler look like a real bitch, uh, Chips became the most heavily decorated animal in United States military history. Chips was awarded the Silver Star with V device what? and a Distinguished Service Cross. <laughs> These are like actual medals. Like animals will be given like purple hearts and stuff. Like, um, now for people who are unaware, than us. yeah, way better, so much better. <laughs> For people who are unaware or are driving or whatever and can't look this up, the DSC or Distinguished Service Cross is one step below the Medal of Honor. Uh, he was also given a purple heart for the mouth burns. <laughs> now, are you sure those weren't self-inflicted? Uh, wounds in the middle of action. I'll, I'll, I'll say that they're enemy, enemy wounds. I mean, that was a German machine gun. All right. Um, now, uh, Chips is actually the reason that the military changed its policies on giving awards to animals. The military revoked these medals due to uh, it having an unofficial policy of giving military awards to animals um, and made it official then. That's why you have things like the Dickens Medal and stuff now or the War and Peace Medal that um, Reckless got. Uh, Never heard of the Dickens. The Dickens is British, uh, but they give it to... It's like... I want to say it's the ASPCA or some shit. Um, I don't know, but they'll give it to animals around the world. Uh, but now the U.S. has a U.S. centric one because, of course, we do, right? Um, but that's it's it's right, like right. a couple years old. It's pretty new. I think the last time we did this show in February of 2020, that by that mean an animal palate cleanser, um, the that metal didn't exist yet. Wow. So they're pretty much only awarding it retroactively, though they have given it to a few animals from like the global war on terror and stuff. Um. But his handlers and fellow soldiers that served alongside him kept making sure his real awards, that being his Silver Star and his DSC, were always pinned to his collar. Um, The unit also awarded him a theater ribbon with an arrowhead, signifying his participation in in an amphibious assault landing. This went alongside his eight battle stars. Could you imagine walking by this dog on post? (laughs) You better fucking salute this dog. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. They called them battle stars then. We have campaign stars now. They're a little bit different. but And they mean various different things. Um, But yeah, he had eight fucking battle stars. Jesus. Uh, Chips then did what every enlisted soldier wants to do deep down inside. He physically attacked a general officer and got away with it. He he bit the shit out of a general. No, it wasn't Patton. That would be even better. So after stories of his heroics spread, Allied Commander Dwight Eisenhower, five-star general, wanted to meet this dog. The handler then brought Chips to the general, and Chips bit that motherfucker on the hand when he tried to pet him. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's fucking awesome. And, like, 
to his credit, Eisenhower wasn't mad about it. Because, like, the handler said, like, I wouldn't pet him if I was you. <laughs> this dog's kind of fucked. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen some shit. <laughs> Like, he was apparently really nice to all the soldiers around him. Like, he never bit anybody that he worked with, but he did not like strangers. That sounds normal. Honestly, on Operation Husky, they're all pretty much just lucky he took off in the right direction to attack Germans, probably. Yeah. Rather than just, like, mauling some unit he wasn't familiar with. (laughs) The handler. Uh, after the war, the army sent Chips back to his family, where he reportedly had a hard time fitting in back at home. Qu- Honestly, that's not even a joke. The dog had fucking like adjustment problems. Could you imagine um, the kids trying to play fetch and uh, he just thinks it's a grenade? Fucking probably. Um, now, I assume this is the point where he started picking up drinking, used his GI Bill on a history degree, and started a podcast. Um, but actually, uh, he was... You know, he's a, a decent sized dog. Most large dogs don't have a super long lifespan, unfortunately. And he died at around eight years old. Um, nobody's really sure why. Probably, I'm assuming, for the eight fucking battle stars he got from landing on Sicily. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, being a stressed out war dog in the late 40s, probably not the most healthy time to be a dog. Um, Several decades later, uh, people realized that Chips technically didn't have any awards because the army took them all away. Um, So the most heroic animal in U.S. military history needed some recognition. In 2018, Chips was posthumously awarded the Dickin Medal, uh, the highest award for animals could uh, the animals could receive until the Medal of Bravery was instituted in 2019, which Chips is also given. At his award ceremony, the medal was presented to John Wren, the young boy who Chips was originally bought for back in the 1940s, now 76 years old. Jeez, that's actually kind of cool. Right? You think Um, he's wondering, like, yeah, Chips was kind of fucked up when he came back. (laughs) Hey, that dog is part of the greatest generation, I'll have you know. I mean, that's not technically incorrect. (laughs) Ken Burns is going to make a fucking very melodramatic documentary about him. I love Ken Burns. I do too, even though his documentaries have some problems from time to time. Mostly like the Civil War one, giving like eight hours of camera time to Shelby Foote, uh, who's a big piece of shit. Now, Nick, that is our much delayed uh, palate cleanser. Do you feel better retroactively about the the, the Camarillo series? Loved it. That's good. Um, so we do a thing on the show called Questions from the Legion. Uh, if you'd like to ask us a question from the Legion, you can donate a dollar to the show, bother me on the Discord, send me an email, DM, um, message in a bottle, um, dog-based message, pigeon. Do you keep the dog at that point? I assume so. I would, I'd have to just absorb it into my family. Um, Solid. But anyway, this one came from our Discord, and actually the voice chat uh, while we were playing video games one night. So yeah, that's, that's also something else that you can join in and do. Um, and I almost spoiled it, and they told me not to because they pointed out how good of a question of a legion this would be. And I remembered it. Everybody should give me a round of applause. And I actually remembered something. Um, and that is, where is the worst place you've ever taken a shit? Mm. You probably got a great one, but I know I've been... Oh, I used to uh, do it down in the TAs uh, down at Fort Hood in an MRE box, and I used to shift around whenever the... I want to face the sun, pretty much. 
If the sun was going down, I wanted to face it. That's a view. That's the worst. That's the worst place you've ever taken a shit. I'm talking about like the nastiest bathroom, the worst place. Uh, In like all I'm- honesty, I don't think I've ever had a bad experience other than that. I mean, wow. Japan's uh, bathrooms when I went to Japan, amazing. I could talk about the most amazing, but those you are did- probably the shittiest. <laughs> Honestly, you rotating a shitbox around to face the sun for a view reminds me of that Rick and Morty episode where Rick had an entire dimension dedicated to having a really good shitting experience. (laughs) I mean, NTC, I'm not going to count NTC because everybody has a terrible NTC shit story. Well, I mean, that would count. (laughs) I mean, it's just everybody's got it. I mean, sure. I'll throw one down. Uh, Throw down the gauntlet. Yeah, I guess they uh, didn't have the contract for the Portageon company to come by, so oh, we used no. to carry around rocks to throw into the porta shitters, so we could like depress the shit in the toilet paper, so we didn't have to touch it or hover. Oh God, you had to weigh it down. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. It was awful. Mine is definitely. Um, I immediately have one that comes to mind. So, um, I one of my jobs I had in Afghanistan was living at Afghan police stations. Um, a lot of these places are decades old. Um, not they don't have plumbing. They if they do have a toilet, it's rudimentary. Um, and I was not sick because I I dealt with dysentery quite often because uh, I always ate the shadiest food I could find because it was delicious. Um, but I had to take a dump. I had to mm, take a real chicken bad chicken sashimi. And I was no. <laughs> And I was not going to make the six-hour foot patrol back to base, right? Um, and I was like, hey, I need to use all's toilet. And they pointed me to this... Uh, I guess it was like a mud brick building, um, which is pretty common there. No windows, no ventilation, nothing. Um, with like a, this really small like tin door, which I was wearing full combat gear. I'm a large person. I'm 6'3 and 230 pounds. I had to almost half squat to get through the door. Uh, there's no lights in this place. And it's just, a, it, you know, like we've all been to Asia or wherever where they have the floor squatty potties or whatever. I don't have yeah, a problem with that. I'm, I don't have a problem with that. I'm pretty flexible for a guy my size, so I can handle them just fine. Um, I was puzzled when I first saw them. They, it does come out of left field if you're not expecting it. I'll give you that much. Uh, and this was not one of those. It was quite literally a hole in the ground, which I get. I'm in rural Kandahar. They're not going to have the nice ones they have in Japan. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or even Kabul for that matter. Um, but this place does not have plumbing. So what it effectively is, is just a giant concrete box full of shit that is unventilated mm. with the exception of this single hole <laughs> and this is a it, i mean everybody's heard of clam baking a room with weed smoke i walked into what is effectively a clam bake of hundreds of assholes um and have you ever walked into something that you could feel the smell oh yeah i that's exactly like your fucking I, hairs start curling yes that's what it felt like and that's where i pooped and um not proud of it. It wasn't a good poop. Um, I, uh, I feel like you could taste it. Oh, you could. I had to, like, either you, like, I obviously was like, oh, if you can smell something, breathe through your mouth. Congratulations. Now you're tasting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd but, smell it. 
That yeah, I I wish I could better explain how awful that was, but I really thought can't. about recreating it. Ah uh, no, uh, like there was another police station that we had to live at for weeks at a time. That like you, if you had to take a dump, you had to like put on all of your body armor, bring a buddy, and go out back uh, where a sniper could take your head off and you shit in a field. Much better experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my worst experience ever, and I hope I. I described it good enough for everybody <laughs> yeah new year's um, would be good <laughs> if there's a weird place i've pooped in it that's that's the, that's my tagline that's my series arc here um, i know when i first saw the the floor ones because I, I i was at the airport in japan i was like damn i need to take a shit that was a long flight fucking go into the the bathrooms look into the stall I'm like where's the toilet <laughs> i go to the, the toilet stalls where the fuck is the toilet? Where are the fucking bidets I've been hearing about? No, sir. And uh, one of my buddies was telling me like, hey, did you see the floor The floor shitters? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I just got naked. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it can hit you out of left field if you're not expecting it. Uh, there is some places in Japan that have like American toilets, but uh, from my understanding, they're pretty rare. Have but, you tried um, a bidet? I have. They're magical. Oh yeah, warm water. Hmm. More people. That that that's peak humanity right there. Um, Nick, it's good to have you back. Thanks for joining me. Anytime. Uh, everybody, thank you for your support and your questions from the Legion. And until next time, be like chips and uh, bite Nazis. Yes.